Hi, I'm Life Coach Mama, a life coach for moms who want to find more joy and more peace in their marriage and in their parenting. My husband and I have eight kids. We love having a big family and often hear the phrase, you've got your hands full. Come and join me as I interview moms of all ages and in all stages from around the world. Be encouraged, find inspiration and confidence that you can handle another kid. And if this is a topic that interests you, please check out my book, Have Another Kid Without Losing It. Available for purchase today on Amazon by Lauren Laboda. Welcome back. Episode two with the medical expert. (laughs) Nurse Laura's here. To answer more of your labor and delivery, baby, pregnancy, newborn, what, everything. Yeah. Medical questions. Any question. Any question. Well, I don't know if I'll give the right answer to any question, but I'll probably have an opinion about it. <laughs> I don't know if you have uh, people asking you at like Christmas parties and birthday parties, like, can you look at this rash? Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. Do I have pink eyes? It was really funny. Is when this I was... a spider bite? Yeah. It was really funny getting those questions in nursing school because yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> But yeah, let's talk about it. Let's pretend like Yeah. You did such a good job in the first video explaining what you do and fun stories about quick births and quick sad births. stories about babies you lost yeah. and um, how you process it, which I thought was so good, like just how you're aware of your emotions and regulating them. And Okay, Laura, so I know I already asked you like what you feel people don't know or yeah. what you wish people knew more of, but... Like other things that people say, like if you get an epidural this, or if you don't get an epidural that, we know their wives' tales. Sometimes we're like, for sure they're true. Yeah. And other times it's like, well, they worked for grandma and for sure did. So there are a lot of people that come in that think epidurals like stop labor or okay. very much slow it down. Mm. Um, and I would say that that's not true. Mm-hmm. I would say there's the reality that your contractions might space out a little bit. Okay. But we're talking like minutes, not hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it has more to do with the fact that we give moms a big um, IV fluid bolus before they get an epidural. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times just because of the mechanism of medication, blood mm-hmm. pressures are lowered. Mm-hmm. Already the time because we give that big fluid bolus, um, contractions can space out a little bit. Um, but again, we're talking more like minutes, not hours. Um <laughs> a lot of times once the body's laboring, it's going to keep laboring. Um, or for our moms that are on Pitocin uh-huh. or either to help keep them and get them laboring a little bit better or for induction purposes, whatever it might be. Um, those are also always things we can adjust if, mm-hmm. if things do space out. Do you have um, feelings about Pitocin? What do you, your thoughts? Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely necessary in some cases. Yeah. Um, I see both sides of like, you know, natural, unmedicated deliveries versus medicated deliveries and inductions versus not. I think a lot of times um, people tend to fire the other side as this like giant end of the spectrum. And so like another area that we could um, benefit both ends, we could like bring more unity to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do very much like, you know, I think there's a lot of times that moms like I just need to like sit down and like educate. And like, there's a, there's a lot of times that, you know, a mom's laboring really well without medication um, and doing fine, but sometimes the body just stays too tense and there's like, it's hours and hours and hours and we're not making any change and we're not making any change. And 
mom's obviously getting exhausted if we've been here in the spot for like 12 to 15 hours, right? right? Um, of contracting every three to five minutes mm-hmm. um, and not making change. Um to, you know, sometimes we have that conversation of like, okay, what would it look like if we did get an epidural? Like, mm-hmm. where are we at with this? And then we get an epidural and mm-hmm. the body relaxes in ways it needs to. And mm-hmm. we have a baby quicker, yeah. quickly, you know, but then there's also times that, uh, you know, on our medical side of things, we're like, okay, we need to do this next. We need to do this next. We need to do this next. And you're like, actually we can give it a minute mm-hmm. and we can like let the body do what the body's going to do for a little bit and like right. let it see like, mm-hmm mom needs a minute or like, it's okay to wait. Um, and so I think there's this like beautiful balance we could have, Mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of times we're just like, so anti the other, Mm -hmm. um, that it it doesn't help the situation. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and too, I think it's important in that just to to be asking questions. And so Mm -hmm. like, I think there's times that I am very comfortable and easily go to a doctor and be like, Hey, like, I don't feel like we need to rush this. Can we wait this much Mm -hmm. more time? Or like mom really wants this. And like, I think the patients that are able to articulate to their nurse what they want, it gives us, Mm -hmm. it puts us in a better position to advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of times just actually having that conversation Mm. like settles things down and it's Mm -hmm. fine. And like, yeah, we make a new plan from that Mm -hmm. or um, in reverse, having this conversation with mom of like, okay, this is where we're at. These are our desires. Like what would it look like if we did this or what Mm -hmm. would it look like if we did that? Mm -hmm. Um, And just presenting um, options and choices. Mm-hmm. And cause you know, just like anything in life, we want to be able to make our own decisions. Right. Um, and we don't want things decided for us. And so I mm-hmm. think, um, when it feels like we're being told this is what we're doing, mm-hmm. it makes it feel a little bit more, um, it can be a little bit more frustrating or feel like we're like out of that sense of control. Right. Um, and so just actually sitting down and talking through what our options are, mm-hmm. um, and giving time for that to like, process and see where like let the couple talk or let the mom and their support person talk and Mm -hmm. and see where they're at with things then it again just builds this like communication and Mm -hmm. a better situation for everybody involved um so yeah I love I mean I just love deliveries and so whatever (laughs) whatever way we're gonna get there is great I'm uh you know and you can see the benefit benefits from someone on the outside yeah you're not feeling the pain or delivering the but you can see the benefits, obviously, epidural, the benefit is you have less pain. Right, for sure. And then people say without the epidural, maybe afterwards the recovery is different. Is mm-hmm. that true? Yeah, I think um, a lot of women, mostly in the sense of like even just those first like two to four hours mm-hmm. are just so different. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a mom who hasn't had epidural, like literally as soon as they have the baby, they could hop out of bed and walk to the bathroom if they wanted to. Yeah. Whereas those moms that have epidurals tend to stay with us on labor and delivery for two hours. And so it typically takes that two hours for that epidural to like totally wear off before they're able to stand for the first time. And so a lot of women, you know, feel one way or the other about that, but um, it just kind of depends. And a lot of that depends on your hospital and your anesthesia department and Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, I've heard of stories of hospitals with like heavier epidurals and mom uh-huh. feels like she can't move at all. Uh-huh. I feel like where I work, um, our epidurals are generally in the spot that mom still has really good control of her legs, mm. but that like sharpness of that pain has gone. Mm. Mm. Um, I think the other like falsehood with epidurals is that like 
we're never going to be able to take take, take away everything. Mm-hmm. And so if a mom comes in with this mindset of I'm not going to feel anything, oh. then they get a little surprised, um, especially when they're pushing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as baby's head's coming out, things change. Um, but also we like always want you to feel pressure because that's how you're going to know when it's time to push or when mm-hmm. you feel like it's time to push. So um, I think changing that mindset is a good, mm-hmm. healthy spot too. And imagining that you're not going to feel anything. Yeah, that probably is never a good way to enter yeah. anything in life. Yeah. In life is going to be yeah. perfect on this it's side absolutely. of heaven. Absolutely, <laughs> It's going to be some problems or some pain. Absolutely. It's a good life. life lesson. <laughs> um, not that I'm going for life lessons, but they just keep coming up. They do. These great analogies They're here. popping out. I know. <laughs> I love it. So for the women who don't have an epidural what yeah. like, what helps them we all know the breathing techniques yeah is there anything else you see yeah so breathing's good frequent position changes is really good um Which you can't really have with the epidural sure yeah there's a lot we can do in a bed oh, okay um i think it just uh, you know sometimes obviously i think that it's nurse dependent yeah um but you can't get down and squat or yeah bounce on a ball um, if you've had i have had a i don't recommend it <laughs> I have seen a mom squat with an epidural, um, but in the bed. So it's not like they're yeah. like, we can like drop the foot of the bed. So it's more mm-hmm. simulating a squat than actually mm-hmm. squatting. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a ton of position changes you can do in the bed, but obviously, you know, getting up and moving is a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, frequent, like keeping your bladder empty is super mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, any space that you can give baby is good space. Mm-hmm. Um, so frequent bathroom uses is good. Um, distraction is great. Mm-hmm at least for some part of it. Um, so even things like having a fan blowing on you or like a white noise machine mm-hmm. or um, a playlist. I had a, this is a couple years ago. I had a, a couple and I was like, I love your playlist. They're like playing music the whole time. They're like, they're like, thanks. We started one and opened it up to all of our friends. And so our friends just added in songs and we had no idea what it was going to play until we got here tonight. And I'm like, that's fun. Um, some women do good when like uh, distraction wise, like a comb in your hand and so you're pressing that into your hand and so it kind oh. of like it's almost like a pain distraction i never so heard your of that pains somewhere else yeah. Um, yeah breathing um there's a couple of different ways to breathe and so yeah. time switching that up from time to time is helpful mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. counter pressure is always good depending mm-hmm. on like mm-hmm. lower back um mm-hmm. yeah there's a bunch of different and it just depends on you know there's some moms that are like i like cannot tolerate that. Mm-hmm. And I always tell moms, you know, especially moms who are unblocked, the first contraction after a position change is for sure going to feel worse. Mm-hmm. But usually if you can get through like three in a mm-hmm. position, mm-hmm. Um, that's a good, good starting point. Mm-hmm. It is always um, an adventure to kind of see mm-hmm. where to support and how to support. But women are wild. They, uh, they make it through a lot of things, right? Um, both, Sure medicated and unmedicated the the work and effort and strength that they show and put in is wild yeah what about like premature babies yeah and then babies have to go to the NICU yeah or a baby that is born with a birth defect mm-hmm. yeah like what what are your experiences there yeah um so I work at a big academic hospital mm-hmm. um so we tend to get a lot um of either sicker patients or um, patients with more abnormal abnormalities mm-hmm. um a high risk yeah, yeah more high risk thank you um and uh we also have a NICU a lot of the NICU on site and mm-hmm. so children's hospital um has a NICU in our hospital um and so um yeah we see a lot I think it 
kind of depends on the scenario. Typically when a mom comes in um, and we know the baby might go to NICU, um, we try to have uh, a NICU team come over and talk mm-hmm. through what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, you know, if it is some sort of anomaly that they have known about beforehand, they have already met with like sure. the NICU team and they've already toured the NICU and things like that. If it's a mom that happens to come into labor early and like the labor that we can't stop, um, then generally, you know, our NICU will come over and talk to them about mm-hmm. um, what that stay would look like and what they're looking for. And obviously, in those scenarios, we don't really know until baby comes out yeah. um, what's going to happen. Some babies do great right out and then need a little help later on. Um, some people. So is that like any baby before 36? So generally, generally speaking, um, babies are automatically going to go to the NICU if they're under 35 weeks. Okay. Um, that's an automatic NICU stay. Um, and then in that 35 to 37 window, mm-hmm. It just depends on how baby does breathing wise. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those lugs are like quite up to par. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need a little, what we call CPAP. So mm-hmm. just like your yeah. people who snore at night, yeah. adults who snore at night wear one. Um, we have them for babies too. Sure. Um, and so typically what that, what that looks like is, you know, baby's lungs just aren't typically, you know, they're swimming in water for nine months. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when they come out and take that first big breath, that's when their lungs are filling with air and clearing mm-hmm. out that fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes babies lower bases of their lungs or they don't clear all that fluid out. And so that mm-hmm. CPAP just adds a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. um, to kind of pop open the rest of that lung space for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some babies need it for like 10 minutes and some people, babies need it for six hours, mm-hmm. six days. It yeah. just like totally depends on the kid. Sure. Um, and so those obviously are like a little bit more unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it gets to be a process and talking with mom about mm-hmm. as it's happening. Yeah. Um, cause you even have your term babies that come out and like, aren't given it what they should be given it and need yeah. a little bit of help and support. Um, and so I think that obviously that can be a little bit more o- overwhelming in the moment for a parent. Mm-hmm. Definitely a very, a very talented group of people. It's definitely um, a growing field yeah. um, and growing in research and, and they, they're able to do some wild things. Mm-hmm. I mean, 22, 24, yeah. 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The earliest I've seen was a 23 week baby. Wow. Um, and then, you know, I've seen a few 30, 32, um, they're just so little, little peanuts. Mm -hmm. They're so Mm -hmm. cute. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, um, they're better at speaking to what outcomes could look like and, and things like that, but they definitely have made leaps and bounds of advancement in that, Mm -hmm. um, and are able to support and Mm -hmm. keep babies healthy. amazing yeah it's wild and when you talked earlier about women's birth plans not going Mm -hmm. as they'd hope and how like just preparing for what might be different and preparing for any outcome they don't want like how that could help prevent or lessen postpartum yeah that was so interesting it makes so much sense um I know when you're in labor and delivery you're not obviously postpartum so you're not even a postpartum nurse and a postpartum nurse isn't necessarily in the postpartum period like we talk about right weeks or months or maybe even a year after delivery but what do you know about or what would you want to say about postpartum a lot of my um like thought process in that and a lot of my experience comes from watching my friends um go through their postpartum phases in regard to that is like you know being able to process those emotions and being um 
aware of them, especially with social media um, in this day and age of like, you know, everyone only shares their glory. And so a lot of times we paint this like beautiful picture of like labor and birth and um, everything's just so wonderful and exciting and it's the best. And I think we do the same with breastfeeding and the same with postpartum of this like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so great. Or um, just being this like glorious, beautiful picture. And actually it's like, it's all really, really stinking hard. Um, And it's okay to have those feelings and it's okay to not be excited about every aspect of it. And it's okay to like deliver your baby and not feel as excited as you thought you would feel. Um, And I think just being real with those emotions um, and being able to acknowledge them and not feel like you have to be excited or be like love every minute of it or think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, And I think specifically too, in the postpartum phase with breastfeeding, like breastfeeding is a lot of hard work. Um, And I think we like paint it as this like beautiful bonding moment, which for sure it is. And there are absolutely beautiful moments throughout all of this process. Um, But I think we can um, overdo uh, and maybe not acknowledge as much of like, it's actually a lot of stinking hard work um, and it's not um, necessarily easy for everybody and it's not necessarily fruitful for everybody. Um, But the reality is like every pregnancy is a little different. Every baby, every postpartum phase is a little different. And so just because breastfeeding was like super easy with your first and you absolutely loved it doesn't mean that that's going to be the case with number two or just because it was absolutely miserable with your first, you thought it would be just as miserable with your second also isn't true. So I think just taking um, those aspects of things and being honest and real with where we are um, in that phase and knowing that it is not um, a moment for comparison um, and that's not like fair to you as a postpartum mama. Like it's a standard of like everything being beautiful and great and wonderful. Um, because there are moments that it's not going to feel that way. Um, I think sometimes too, like in speaking to those people who are supporting those moms in those moments, I think it's important to, um, you know, obviously babies are like wonderful and beautiful and they're so fun and they're so cute and they're so squishy. Um, but there's the reality that I think a lot of times we, um, kind of lose the mom in those moments. And so I think as a person who has not been in the situation of having a child, but has been in the situation of supporting friends or family members or patients who have had children, um, I think there's this beauty that can be restored in, um, being like mom focused sometimes moms feel lost in that, mm-hmm. um, that, um, they don't, they aren't acknowledged anymore. They don't matter anymore because now the baby's here. And so mm-hmm. I think being intentional in how you're checking in, um, on mom, um, and where mom's at, um, yeah, very well said. before, and sometimes even before you're like asking how baby is, or, um, a lot of times if moms respond, you know, if you're in the postpartum phase and you're like, how are you? And you're like, they're like the baby, the baby, the baby. And you're like, yeah, no, I, I know the things about the baby. Like, how are you doing? And like mm-hmm. bringing that focus back to like where they're at. And um, I think it's a, a beautiful way um, to support a mom in the postpartum phase uh, that I think we've not necessarily lost entirely, but I think it tends to not be our focus because these little ones are just so 
just so cute and snuggly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think that's probably number one thing I hear. And I know I felt you kind of get used to it after the second or third, but the first time you're like, whoa, it's insane how much attention is on me, even though it's the baby when you're pregnant. Yes. And you know, it's because you have a baby in you, but it's still the attention's on you. And then after the baby's pushed out, you know, it's like you're completely pushed aside and I don't, I didn't take it personally and I don't think a lot of people do, but it's like, you weren't prepared for that. For sure. You're like, wait a minute, I'm bleeding and like can't move and I haven't eaten in hours, haven't slept. And like all of a sudden all these people show up for the baby. Yeah. And you're like, but I think most people, like you said, we haven't lost it entirely. No. And it's definitely not ask about mom, but yeah. And it's definitely not ill-intentioned by any means. I I don't think that by any means either. Well, it's so hard not to go for a little newborn baby. I mean, I do it myself. Right. It's like, Oh, look at the baby. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a good reminder because it's harder to think about mom because the baby's just so darn cute. I know. Okay. So Laura, you told me you were a doula for your friend's delivery. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. So by all technicality, I don't have the training of like an official certified doula. Uh-huh. Um, so I definitely won't claim to know everything in that. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it, there are a lot of classes um, in positioning and baby positioning for like labor and delivery nurses. Oh, okay. Um, and so I've done a few of those yeah. um, and have those resources. So I have had a few friends, um, one specifically who asked me to be um, kind of come as their doula, mm-hmm. um, but it was a really, really cool experience of uh, just being able to go and help with um, pain management. And then, but at the same time, um, really being able to support them as a couple and advocating for um, what they want and what they needed while it felt different emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it felt similar to what I would do for right. a patient. Do you find it good for the the dad to have that? Yeah. You know, I think it depends on the scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my, you know, this friend that I went with, um, her husband's insanely supportive um, mm. and very, very good in those situations. Mm. Um, and so it was also cool just like witnessing that mm-hmm. um, between the two of them, which was really neat. Can you explain to me Grand Mal Tip? Did I even say it right? Grand Mal Tip? Yeah. Yeah. Mal Tip is just multiparity. It's like the number of pregnancies you've okay. had. So it is, a, um, it is English. Yes, that is. Um, and then a grand, it's grand. So a grand is one who has had more than five. Oh, okay. Is, and, and generally, like, we just need to know that because majority of the time, those things are going to go way quicker. Yeah. So we call so a first-time mom a primip. Okay. Because um, they are pregnant with their first. And then a multip, we just shorten it. A multip is someone who has had more than one. Okay. And then a grand multip is more than five. All for the, like most natural whatever birth you would want yeah um but i'm also all for every medical vet intervention being there and ready um for if and when things go wrong yeah and again i work in a hospital so a lot of times i do see like the more um rare cases of things going wrong um but i think um heaven forbid that scenario to happen at a home. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it has the potential to add a layer of, of grief, sure. mm-hmm. um, to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, 
women do do it and it does go fine. Yeah. Um, but both labor and delivery are just so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, that I have my hesitations there yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been involved in any water births? Did mm -hmm. you do that at your hospital? Yeah. So our midwife group offers them. Uh -huh. um, there's obviously like a lot of scenarios that have to, it kind of has to be like the perfect storm for it to be able, our tubs are also very large. And so we, at my hospital, not every room has one, but we have a portable one that we can set up in every room. Yeah. And so like to sometimes a mom will come in, like, you know, they have to be six centimeters to labor in the tub. Uh -huh. um, and so. It seems kind of gross. I, I totally get For that. For the mom. I totally like, get that perspective. I mean, you can do it if you want, but to me, they don't get grossed <laughs> yeah. out. Um, I would say some, most don't. Yeah. I would say some do. Mm -hmm. I would say some also get in and they're like, never mind. <laughs> and then get back out, which Does is it perfectly just fine. Does it feel better because it's relaxing? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's pretty warm water. Um, and then, you know, as just like being in a pool, like uh -huh. it takes pressure off joints and uh -huh. it alleviates a lot of that. So I think a yeah. lot of moms feel that relief. Yeah. Um, I think some moms um, just love laboring in the tub because yeah. it, it brings that relief to a certain mm -hmm. point and then they'll get out and push wherever they want to push. Um, uh, but we do have some mamas that deliver in the tub. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's kind of wild mm -hmm. um, and definitely messy. Mm. to look at it afterwards yeah. <laughs> um but are people surprised as i was thinking when you say messy like the afterbirth the placenta are people surprised about that i mean i know we all know there's a placenta but like um do they like wait why am i pushing <laughs> yeah so one of my favorite things is to actually show a mom their placenta yeah um and i'll <laughs> always ask first for sure because yeah. some moms are like absolutely not i don't want to see that thing which is totally valid and fine yeah. um but it's really fun um for those mamas that do want to see it. Um, so I'll like take it out and be like, okay, this is where, like, this is the sack baby was in. This is the side that's true to your uterus. This yeah. is the side that's toward baby. And it's just mind blowing. Like your body grows it every time mm -hmm. and it's different every time. And it's just, yeah. Wild. So I think they, um, is there a reaction though when, when they're delivering it? Uh, not always. Cause usually I'm like, okay, like, you're going to feel pressure again. Okay. I was like, but it, you know, it's not a giant baby head and it's not bones. So yeah. it's way easier than the next one. So once they, but there is always that like sense of relief after it's out. Sure. Um, but I don't think, I think trying to prep it a little bit of like, it's definitely not going to be what you just did. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, oh, okay. But mom's water breaks or we break a mom's water. Yeah. Um, uh, I think there's been a few times that I don't think they realize that it's going to keep coming out until they deliver. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the messy part. And they're like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's not your fault. This is what's supposed to be happening. You know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, and we're just going to get messier until the kiddo yeah. comes out. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that always kind of catches some people off, off guard. And they know they might poop, right? Pushing. It's usually like, every mom's question. Yeah. And I'm like, majority, they're like, what if I poop? I'm like, well, it's definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, and I was like, and it tells, like, I, I always a big encourager of that because it tells me you're pushing with all the right muscles. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, when a mama's pushing, they're using the same muscles as they would. Cause baby's head's sitting on all of those muscles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so a lot of times I'm like, you're going to feel that way, but it's actually your baby's head and not mm -hmm. poop. Mm -hmm. But you know, some women do. Um, and I'm like, I'm happy to not tell you if it happens. I'm happy to tell you if it happens, whatever you want that I don't yeah. mind, but yeah. I'm always excited about it because it tells me you're pushing in the right spot. Mm -hmm. So you're doing good things. And is yeah. there anything they can do for pushing not to tear as much? Or um, yeah, <clears throat> I think there's, 
that's a hard one in the sense of everybody's a little different. Uh, perineal support while you're pushy, like as you're starting to, you know, baby's head starting to like visibly come out. Good perineal support is helpful. Um, I think that, yeah, everybody's a little different. So it's a little hard to like, uh, there's different theories for okay. sure. Yeah, there's not one um, way. And I know a lot of people want to know when they're going into labor and it's like, there's a lot of anxiety yeah. around the due date. And of yeah. course, nobody likes to be post due date because it's so like, I thought the baby would be here by now. Yes. And, of course, the ninth month is just horrible and un uncomfortable. Yeah. I know for me, my sister's wedding was for my first. So it was like trying to have the baby before that. You can't like really do that, but for sure. hoping. And then with the last baby, um, it was Father's Day. So I mean, it didn't really matter, but I thought it was cool when I went to labor. Like, wouldn't it be great if he was born on Father's Day? Yeah. And, um, my daughter, who's three, it was two babies ago. Um, she her due date was Christmas Eve, and I was like, "Oh no, please, for her sake!" So she ended up coming out a few days early, thankfully. Okay. Um, but of course, there's nothing I did right, right. and um, there's like jump on the trampoline and eat spicy food. Yeah, and, um, I'm like, I don't think any of those things work, and mm -hmm. have sex, which I think is probably the only one that actually probably does work. Yeah, it makes sense for so many reasons. Um, but I know this. I'm not like asking medical advice, but I don't know that's like something people talk about. Yeah, that you there's like wives' tales and yeah. Like, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. There's some of those things that can actually be, like, evidence-based mm -hmm. pro proven. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, data to support it. Um, yeah. And there's some that for sure are not. But mm -hmm. it's, ha ha like you said earlier, it helped with grandma. And yeah, grandma did it. And that's why I think, you know, your biggest, best uh, course of action there is staying active, which is yeah. m probably miserable in that moment. Yeah. Um, so, walking and even like curb walking so mm -hmm. putting one foot up on the curb and the other one down so basically oh. positions that kind of make your hips asymmetrical i never heard that so pay, um a lot of times in that early part just you mean helps like baby one so foot one foot on the curb and down and then alternate sides nice. um it's one that people say work again i don't you know always check with I your mean, doctor before you do anything right <laughs> <laughs> that's my disclaimer yeah, yeah disclaimer, um, disclaimer. <laughs> big disclaimer here um always check your body has to be ready because like yeah too early i would be like don't do yeah, right? Yeah, right so or like um a lot of women um will start like so nipple stimulation is mm -hmm. one that says yeah. brings on contractions right um because you're stimulating oxytocin, oxytocin. release um and so if you're before or sex Thing, or yeah. sex yeah same thing so if you're um before if you're premature yeah you don't want those are not things i would recommend yeah. doing um because that's not a point you want to go into labor but yeah. some mo some moms who don't know are like starting to have colostrum leak or anything like that because you know bodies can do things at mm -hmm. any point yeah. um and so they're like oh i should like pump and collect this but um, mm. like if you're like 34 35 weeks like nope please yeah. don't yeah. <laughs> um so just different awareness of that and yeah. just always checking in with your doctor on things like that yeah. um so just like full term or like the day of yeah just like why is yeah. the baby coming exactly. out exactly i think that's the other thing when i talked about you know community support and how we can be like mom and baby focused i think that's another um area that hits a lot is mm -hmm. like oh you haven't had the baby yet and uh -huh. you're like I know you're obviously intention. not. Yeah. And you're like, I know your intention <laughs> in that. And like, I know it's not ill willed by any means, but that's like the last thing I want to hear right now. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Cause I'm also annoyed that I'm past <laughs> my due date. Right. Um, and so awareness in that is like mm -hmm. huge for a mama. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, staying active, um, again, 
squats, lunges are all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, checking in with your doctor. Um, yeah, sex is good. Both, um, you know, uh, has an effect for softening the cervix as mm-hmm. well and ripening mm-hmm. the cervix as, and also getting contractions going. Mm-hmm. What you said about being mom and baby focused and just realizing what the mom's thinking about in her, yeah. how she might be having a negative effect or be depressed or anxious. And then also like the mindset of the baby probably isn't going to come on the due date. Yeah. And might come early, but also just like to be prepared. The baby comes late. I think mm-hmm. for people who are, tend to be more anxious or want to be in control, due dates are hard. And yeah. I know for me, what I've learned, and this is just goes with like coaching and mindset stuff is like just to have my mind ready that baby will be late. Cause yeah. like once you tell yourself baby will be early, you're just disappointed. Yes. And then the baby's past due date, then you're like double dis- disappointed because yes. for some reason you have this imaginary date, yes. which makes no sense because yeah. you can't control it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't meet your imaginary goal yeah. that you couldn't control. Yes. So like you said, with um, if your birth plan goes wrong, now you also said it with due dates, if they're not what you want. I mean, yeah. it's all just that mind management piece that we talk about in coaching, which is like, let's just go there in our mind. Yeah. Like, let's say birth plan is not what we want. Let's say delivery is not what we want. Let's say due date is not what we want. Mm-hmm. And then like process it so that yeah. it's not, I can't believe like mm-hmm. how many babies don't come on their due date. It's pretty high, right? Yeah. So oh, you, I statistically, I couldn't tell you, but I'm shocked when a baby is born on their due date. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> whether that be before or after, <laughs> can we just tell the mom it's yeah, not happening? Yeah. It's, it's called like a maybe date. Or... Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's call it the potential arrival date. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like a FedEx date. package. <laughs> may arrive between here and here. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point. We can control so much. Like you yeah. can watch the FedEx and the Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can see exactly what it, you can see a picture of it at your door. Yeah. Like we just, have the control of everything around us. Yeah, same with pushing, you know, having that three hour mindset mm-hmm. makes anything short of that a victory. Mm. So, well, Laura, you know so much <laughs> and you're such a good expert. And you're Thanks. also willing to drive and to spend time yeah. and to take my questions. Um, so maybe you'll get your own YouTube channel, your oh, own gosh. podcast, <laughs> your own book, website. See, you never know, see. Nurse Laura. The, it's funny. I've I could been, say uh, I know her when. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll be there someday. The I've been prompted in prayer to think about uh, birthing classes and what that might look like. Okay. Yeah. So I'm on the track of thinking about that right now. So okay. we'll see where it leads. Yeah. You would be great. Oh, no, thanks. You're a wonderful educator. That. Obviously a great nurse, but I haven't had her yet as mine. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows what's in store? Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for having being me. Here. I hope you come back. Thanks. I would love that. I'll get my next set of questions ready. Perfect. I'm ready for them. Thanks, Laura. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll be back, friends. I got another interview coming out next week. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.